Hello, and another very warm welcome, and thank you so much for joining me just so shortly before Christmas for another episode of The Change and Evolve Letter. Double plus ungood, never forget. There was truth, and there was untruth. And if you clung to the truth, even against the whole world, you were not mad. George Orwell, 1984. I do feel like we are living, probably more than ever, in Orwell's world of total control, untruths, manipulation and deceit. And I truly find this terrifying, as it is a world I never hoped or expected to encounter in my lifetime or anyone else's ever again. Orwell's book, 1984, seems to have become more like an, like an instruction manual for the World Economic Forum, rather than a dystopian novel. Language is being altered bit by bit already, and not as a natural development. And if we play along with this woke nonsense, destroying the, the beauty of language, it will not be long before we are at a loss for words. Don't you see? that the whole aim of Newspeak is to narrow the range of thought. In the end, we shall make thought crime literally impossible because there will be no words in which to express it. George Orwell, 1984. And I'm sharing here with you as a first post, one from about two years ago, just in case anyone has forgotten. And quite frankly, it still sends chills down my spine when I watch it. In this post, it appears that New Zealand had set up quarantine camps as self-isolation did not seem to be satisfactory any longer. And you could even argue that it's common sense to get the spreading of COVID-19 under control. And I'm not going into the absurdities of the measures that were taken. I have spoken about this many times before. But what was done here was that one step too far. Power is tearing human minds to pieces and putting them together again in new shapes of your own choosing. George Orwell, 1984. People were taking forcibly to these facilities if there was a risk they may infect others in their households. That not being enough, Family members and others in the household were also taken to these camps unless they got tested and were negative, which in itself is problematic considering the accuracy or rather inaccuracy of these bollocks tests. So people were detained there for 14 days without any charge or conviction of a crime unless they were tested and the result was negative. And if they refused to be tested, they were detained another 14 days. And I have read arguments that these camps were supposedly very comfortable with great care and good food, etc. Does that justify the deprivation of liberty, though? Come on, we're not speaking about a fun holiday in a great resort. We're talking about detaining people in an isolation camp. And no matter how comfortable these camps may have been, if you lock the door from the outside, it is still a prison. 
To me, it sounds a bit like the Eagles song Hotel California. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. I admit that these, as well as current events in the world and what it is doing to people, what many are becoming, still often brings me to the edge of despair. And the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, or as I prefer to call her, the Wicked Witch from Down Under, is doing everything in her power to ensure the abolishment of free speech and the implementation of a dictatorship. And when I listen to her and see that smug, self-righteous smile on her face, I, I simply want to punch it. And I'm not even a violent person, but that woman brings out the absolute worst in me. We are different from the oligarchies of the past in that we know what we are doing. The German Nazis and the Russian communists came very close to us in their methods, but they never had the courage to recognize their own motives. They pretended, perhaps they even believed, that they had seized power unwillingly and for a limited time, and that just around the corner there lay a paradise where human beings would be free and equal. We are not like that. We know that no one ever seizes power with the intention of relinquishing it. Power is not a means, it is an end. George Orwell, 1984. But you don't really need to look as far as New Zealand for madness and absurd measures. In Germany, and I know in many other countries as well, the nonsense kept starting all over and over again so many times. The propaganda of the supposedly dramatically rising infection numbers. And still nobody seemed to care that these tests are complete rubbish of restaurants, bars, theatres, gyms and whatever to be repeatedly closed, even after these facilities had invested dearly into the safety of their guests and proven that it works. <laughs> okay, we all know by now that it was never even necessary. But so existences kept being willfully destroyed, people were driven back into loneliness and another appalling coup was that the police started recruiting so-called deputies to help ensure that the measures were being followed, like wearing a mask in public places, God forbid we breathe fresh air, or sitting together too close on a park bench. The absurd thing was that these deputies, with minimal training, were allowed to wear police uniforms and even weapons. And doesn't it seem to be a really great idea to give people who probably can't handle this responsibility power over others? Never forget those pictures as in Australia and other countries where someone is brutally mistreated by police for not wearing a mask in an outdoor public space and for other hideous reasons. One does not establish a dictatorship in order to safeguard a revolution. One makes a revolution in order to establish the dictatorship. George Orwell, 1984. Unnecessary travel and visits were to be avoided. Meetings, well, where should one meet when everything's closed, were only allowed of people from your own and one other household. The consequences being that people met anyway as they were fed up to their teeth, even if the government was asking the population to snitch on their neighbors. My door was always open and 
it most certainly always will be. What fear does to people is just devastating. And I remember those looks of fear, disgust, anger, resentment, and even worse, I got when I dared walk around outside without covering my nose and mouth. If you can feel that staying human is worthwhile, even when it can't have any result whatsoever, you've beaten them. George Orwell, 1984. Knowing there are also still many out there who have not given in to the propaganda, people who have not lost their ability to think for themselves, people who dare to question what is happening around them and who speak up, helps me to keep a, a semblance of sanity and not give in to the despair that sometimes threatens to overwhelm me. And I can only thank each and every one of these people and encourage them to keep it up, nice and loud, please, and to not give up and give in. You are all now needed more than ever in these times of double plus ungood. For if leisure and security were enjoyed by all alike, the great mass of human beings who are normally stupefied by poverty could become literate and would learn to think for themselves. And when once they had done this, they would sooner or later realize that the privileged minority had no function and they would sweep it away. In the long run, a hierarchical society was only possible on a basis of poverty and ignorance. George Orwell, 1984. And I'm sharing here with you another tweet from not so long ago about Klaus Schwab stating that he greatly admires the Chinese system of governance and thinks many countries could adopt it. You will own nothing, but you will be happy. Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum. Ask yourself if this is the kind of future you want. So, to be honest, in my opinion, there should be no amnesty for these people ever. And we must absolutely never, never, ever forget. And as a song of the week, I chose one by Billy Idol. It's Adam and Chains and, um, well, don't let yourself be hypnotized. And of course, you can find this song together with all the other songs from every Change and Evolve letter ever published on the Spotify playlist. It's just one click away, like it, share it, or just listen to great music. And my poem of the week, I thought I would do something a little different. So here's the poem Christmas read by the author himself, Sir John Betjeman, who lived from 1906 to 1984. Well, no, no coincidence that I chose this poet. I hope you enjoy it. And as an impression, I know it's just before Christmas. Um, well, I had to do something a little Christmassy today. So here's the photo. And whatever you do, please never forget what happened in the past three years. Wishing you a beautiful weekend and, of course, a happy Christmas, hopefully surrounded by your loved ones. Yours, Tanya. <laughs>